Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon. And this is Andrew Reserve with your host, me, myself, and I, Mitchell Anderson. So I'm gonna do a little something different today. I'm gonna jump on the bandwagon, I'm gonna top, I'm gonna jump on the most popular trend that's been going on basically all this week. I don't usually like to do this kind of thing, but it sparks conversation and any publicity, whether good or bad, it's good for what most people like to uh, think of that, I guess. So let's jump right into it. So (laughs) anyone that uh, listens to music or, you know, stays on Twitter or whatever it may be when it comes to social media, we know the most... uh, most popular trend right now is Kanye West and so with that being said with his uh, recent comments regards to uh, to the adult 45 President Trump um, it's crazy to think Um, I really wasn't so surprised because I feel like let, let, let me take it back I'm really not so dumbfounded, because uh, the thing is, is like, I feel like, in a sense, Kanye isn't so, he's not so much in the moment kind of thing when it comes to tweeting, or whenever, it's calculated, you know what I mean? It's in the moment, but it's calculated at the same time, like, it seems nowadays when everything is so political, everyone is going to judge that particular person, whether left wing, right wing. To me personally, it's the same damn bird. You could say this and that. I'm neither. I'm neither, you know, the so, you know, quote unquote, the left or the right, you know. You can't get, I feel like that divides the country more than anything. If you want anything to take a, want real change, you have to go into the third party. That's me, me, myself, and I. I, I have my own thought process. I do my own thing. I don't follow this particular person or this and that. I understand in a sense where, where Kanye is coming from because he agrees on some of his views. And that's going to come from everyone, whether you like it or not. I'm, I'm Like I said, I come from, it, I agree on some side on the left and some side on the right. But at the end of the day, I'm just myself. Plain and simple. That's it. Like, no one else. So it's just, I don't know, man. It's just, I think it's calculated. He's sparking controversy. If you really think about it, he went into hiding for a long time, and that was it. He didn't think nothing, you know, anything of that nature. And, you know, hey, we're talking about him right here, right now. That's why I say it's calculated, especially when he announced his new album coming out, and now he's he's producing Nas's new album as well. I mean, just like that, when you know, the <laughs> just like Thanos, the snap of his finger, and boom. He's back in the conversation now. Whether you like his comments regard to the the new president or not, I mean, hey, it's uh, we got his name talking again because of that. And I think his uh, I heard a sample of his track with him and Ti, and I thought it was perfect. It was great. So I think this album's gonna be awesome. Um, personally, I think his best album was Graduation back in '07. And then uh, he had uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy back in 2010. Personally, I thought that was his last good album. I didn't like him. He had a few good songs come out after that, but I didn't really care for it. So I think this is an album that's going to be um, 
it's going to be trending for a while. I think it's going to be hot. It's going to be good. A lot of good music coming out this upcoming year. I mean, hey, J. Cole's album was awesome, his new one. That came out in 420, so that was amazing. I really like that. I give that a solid 8 out of 10. Um, but yeah, Royce the 5'9 coming out pretty soon here in a few weeks in May. Same thing with Godsmack, 7 Dust, Shinedown, uh, Nas, um, I think in June. I can't remember if there was a release date for that, but yeah. Uh, other than that, um, man, it's, uh, summer's gonna be a good year for music, put it that way, it's gonna be a good year, it's gonna be great, and I really cannot wait for it, it's just, man, especially Royce to 5'9", I feel like he doesn't get enough credit that he deserves, that's just me, I mean, I mean, he's been in the rap game for a really long time, and he really didn't get any publicity until the Bad Meat, Bad Meets Evil album back in like my senior year of high school that was like 2011 with Eminem and he was like 34 but he's been doing it a lot longer than that so um I think yeah it's just I love Royce to 5'9 very underrated very underappreciated so but again not to get too off topic Kanye West whether he, I, I, here's why I go with the political stance again it's like I have no problem if you're a Republican or a conservative or a liberal or whatever it may be. I really don't. So if you're, you know, we're in a day and age if, like, if you label yourself that, you're automatically, you know, judged for, as a person for that. You're automatically judged as, you know, quote-unquote, as a snowflake or a racist or whatever it may be. It's just like, it's not like that. Not every, you know, not every Trump supporter is a racist. But I will say this, and the best quote I heard is, not every Trump supporter is a racist, but every racist is a Trump supporter. And that was the best quote I ever heard. I can't remember who said it, but, man, it was, it was a great quote. And it, I, didn't, I didn't like either candidate for the 2016 election. I really didn't. Uh, I, didn't like, I didn't like Hillary Clinton. I didn't like Donald Trump. I, like I said, I was third party all the way. Did not like it one bit. But, uh, yeah. Um, but I think, like I said, Kanye West, he's doing it calculated. He's going to sell albums or, you know, he's going to, he, the charts are going to fly with this one. I really think so. He knows what he's doing. Whether you, like I said, you don't like his comments. I bet you best, I bet you're going to listen to his album though. You best believe that on Spotify or iTunes or whatever, or whatever uh, popular streaming nowadays, but Guarantee you, you didn't like his comments, but you got to listen to his album, though, and hear what he has to say. Guess what? He's winning. <laughs> it's plain and simple. People, Some people are attracted to controversy. Some people like drama. And he's doing just just that. It's all calculated. So, But, man, if anyone's listening, I, I really appreciate your input on that. Uh, I'd love to hear other people's agendas on that. But uh, hey, I'm going to quick take a quick break and uh, we'll be back very shortly. And welcome back. So last night I was watching Paramount Network in case any of y'all don't know, um, that's previously known as Spike TV Network, and I don't watch that much cable. I, technically speaking, I haven't owned cable in five years. 
uh, the only reason why I have cable now is because it comes with my rent at, at the apartment I stay at. So it comes with cable and internet. But with that being said, you know, Bellator shows their f- fights for free, which is why I'm starting to slowly trans transfer over to Bellator over UFC. Simply due to the fact that UFC, due to, due to their recent scandals in, in this past year, 2017 really wasn't a good year for them, if you think about it. I mean, man, you had their poster child start in 2017, uh, Ronda Rousey. She start off 2017. She gets just just annihilated by Amanda Nunes, uh, way more advanced. Rousey's only... Only advantage was ground game with the armbar. She cannot stand up, wasn't the best boxer around, and it showed against Holly Holm and Amanda Nunes. Then after a while, you know, uh, of course, Conor McGregor, you know, he's been in recent uh, news. Uh, has been good, though. He's been in the news for the wrong reasons after his little thing with the bus, uh, uh, you know, confrontation, and just it doesn't, it doesn't sound good on his end him getting arrested, and then John Jones failing uh, drug tests not once but twice, uh, his, you know, his recent scandals of cocaine and uh, allegedly steroid use and failing, you know, the drug test twice, got stripped of the title once for it, and then again, once he faces Daniel Cormier and beats him, but, you know, he, he gets a... Uh, I think that fight got eventually ended up getting overturned uh, by the committee, even though he beat uh, Cormier twice. Um, it's just, man, it doesn't sound good. It just and Anderson Silva failing his drug test now for PED uh, performance enhancing drugs. It's just like, man, it just doesn't sound good. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying every fighter is clean, whether in Bellator, UFC. Uh, whatever boxing you name it but the thing is it's like <laughs> it just it doesn't sound good for UFC uh, plain and simple Brock Lesnar another one he failed his drug test which I'm really not surprised I mean he he's he's a freak of nature you just look at the guy it's like uh, I won't be surprised if he did and sure enough he did you know it's a, he he beat Mark Hunt at UFC 200 but failed his drug test and he still got paid regardless so it's just like you know uh, if you want your UFC guy, if you want your MMA guys to be clean and make sure they come to a fight clean, and if they don't, start charging these guys, man. These guys, it's disappointing to find out like so and so won, but after a while, they failed the drug test because of PEDs, and now the committee has to overturn that fight, and people wasted their money for nothing then, basically. You know, you know what I'm saying? So it's just you can't. If your fighter fails a drug test, regardless of performance enhancing drugs or whatever, they need to get penalized. They need to get more than suspended. They need to get, they need to lose their purse of money. You know what I mean? They fight that night. Like Brock Lesnar got like a mil or $2 million for that fight. Nothing happened. He got suspended. That was it. He still got paid. He had, he had no problem with that. You need to chart. You need to, man, you need to penalize him for that. It's like, all right, two mil. All right. You're only getting one mil. You know what I mean? You're only getting half of that. Make an example of these guys to make sure that they do come to a fight clean. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't know, man. That's why, you know, it's just, it's just, it's not right. It's not right for the fans. It's not right for the sport. It's not the right image. Now, with that being said, um, Bellator 198, Fedor Emelianenko versus Frank Mayer. 
lot of people who don't watch mar mixed martial arts that much, Fedor Emelianenko, uh, for a lot of guys, regard to be known as the GOAT, the Michael Jordan, the Wayne Gretzky, the Tiger Woods, so on and so forth. You get the agenda. Uh, he, uh, his first oh, win in uh, the United States since 2009 when he beat Brett Rogers in Strikeforce, uh, he uh, knocked out Frank Mir, man. First round, 48 seconds. Um, like I said, it was for free on Paramount Network. I've always been an avid fan of Fedor since high school. He was like the reason, one of the reasons why he's been known as the GOAT. He was 37-5 in one no contest. Because um, for a long time, when mixed martial arts was starting to slowly make its rise, uh, in the state in the United States or even overseas, Japan was big. Japan had their promotion of Pride, and the United States had their promotion of UFC. Both were slowly up and coming. Pride at the time had Fedor, they had Chuck Liddell, Quint Rampage Jackson, Antonio Noguera. No um, uh, who else was there? Mark Coleman. All these guys back in their prime. And then UFC uh, also had uh, Chuck Liddell soon transferred over to UFC. So you had him, Tito Ortiz, Randy Couture, uh, Frank Mir. There was also, God, who else am I? Stefan Bonner. Anderson Silva, uh, George St. Pierre, Matt Hughes, and you know, things like that. Back in like basically 2000, uh, I should say about between 2003 and about 2009 were basically the prime years. And Fedor Melianko was known as the greatest in the world for a long time. He was the top fighter in the world, pound for pound, for a very long time. And he was a uh, decade fighter of the year. Uh, you know, back from like the 2000 to 2009, he was known uh, decade fighter of the year because for a long time, basically, he didn't he didn't lose a fight. There was one, you know, he went 31 and one. Uh, his last loss was uh, back in 2000, and then after that, he just went on a trend of just he was uh, he was four and zero lost, and then he just went and demolished for 27 consecutive fights. The thing is, the reason why, there was more than just the streak and being undefeated for almost a decade. It's this guy was facing the best heavyweight fighters in the world. This guy, you look at him, he looks like a regular, normal guy that you see at the bar. Only six foot, weighed in last night at 240. He was 20 pounds lighter than Frank Mir, but you could tell the difference. The thing is, it was it was a fast fight and. Uh, Frank Mir connected with Fedor quick, and I thought he was hurt, and I'm like, man, because Fedor's been way past his prime now, but uh, he, he ended up getting Fedor up against the cage and tried to take him down, but Fedor reversed and started connected punches, and you could just tell when Frank Mir was lunging and throwing his, throwing his haymakers, punches, lefts, rights, whatever you want to call it, you could tell the significant difference of speed. That 20 pound difference was huge. So Fedor was just a little tad quicker than Frank Mir. He was able to connect with a left uppercut or some sense of that. It was, it was kind of hard to see from the camera angle. But, and then just boom, you know, Frank Mir just went down on the canvas face first. And Fedor, you know, just went in that assassin mode attack, attack, attack. And that was it. The referee called it. And his first uh, W in the States since 2009. It was a, there was a stint where he did retire, 
And I'm like, well, you know, because after his first loss, he had a tough stint. He lost three consecutive fights. Uh, Then he won a couple. uh, He won uh, five consecutive fights overseas, uh, back in uh, Russia and Japan. Then he came back to the states because he retired for a little bit, and then he came back um, about yeah two three years later. Then fought in Bellator back in June of 2017, lost to Matt Mitrione, and um, yeah, it was just it was. It was cool to see one, you know, man, personally for me, it's just cool to see that little spark left of your favorite fighter. It's like, oh, it was, it was just a cool moment. It was, both fighters, legendary, cemented their legacy. Frank Mir is definitely a Hall of Famer. Same with Fedor. Like, I still think he's the GOAT, um, personally. He's definitely the GOAT of heavyweight fighters of all time. But pound for pound, it's hard to argue Especially with John Jones. I know, like I said, due to his recent allegations with PEDs, he, he still to this day, you know, denies it. He did pass a, a lie detector test and he did pass it saying he did not take any performance enhancing. So I don't know if that if, if that's a significant thing that changed the eyes of some spectators when it comes to the MMA community. But... I don't know. John Jones is a beast, though. I mean, that guy, he, he's never lost a fight. And he's like 21, 22, and 0. And he's, he's been facing the best pound for found guys in the light heavyweight division. No one. Daniel Cormier and uh, Gustafson are probably uh, the only guys that came close to defeating uh, John Jones. So, <sighs> but Bellator 198, uh, great, great event. It was cool, free. I'm becoming a very big fan of Bellator. They're, uh, they're signing big fighters too, man. They're 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 a very good competitor compared to UFC. So it's just it's cool to watch. So now uh, that was the heavyweight Grand Prix. So Fedor now goes on to the next round to face Chael Sonnen, and where that will go on to the finals and will meet between either deciding factor between. Uh, Muhammad King Mo Lawyer Loyal, I mispronounced that, but King Mo, he's been known as, faces Ryan Bader. Uh, between those two, whoever wins that will go on to the next round to face Matt Mitrione, and then uh, so whoever whoever that happens between Matt Mitrione faces King Mo or Ryan Bader, and then Fedor versus Chael Sonnen. I believe King Mo and uh, Ryan Bader faced May 12th. That's an estimate. Don't quote me on that, but very soon, sometime in May. I know that. So, But with that being said, uh, man, Bellator, definitely, if you're not an MMA fan or if you're not that uh, fluent when it comes to Bellator, you're just straight UFC, you give Bellator a shot, man. It's Both brands are good. I'm not knocking UFC. Don't give me, I mean, their legacy is amazing with all those guys that, you know, up and came before them uh, with Chuck Liddell and Randy Couture. They, they, they paved the way for the promotion and the sport in general, really. So, with that being said, uh, yeah, um, we have a couple other things to talk about considering Oklahoma City Thunder, where they go from here, and we'll be back shortly.
and welcome back. This is Injured Reserve. So just to do a quick recap uh, of the NFL draft, uh, I'd like to hear some of y'all's uh, opinions uh, when it comes to this. Man, uh, Baker Mayfield is like the number one overall in the draft. Uh, another uh, hopeful quarterback for Cleveland uh, Cleveland Browns. Um, I thought, uh, I mean, I don't have that much faith in Mayfield. Maybe he can make believers out of all of us. Who knows? Uh, you heard my stance on him. Too cocky, too arrogant, too small. Just, I wouldn't have gone with him. I would have gone with Josh Rosen or Sam Darnold, one of those two. Josh Allen was never good in Wyoming. He played in the WAC conference or whatever conference it may be. He was never even good at the junior college where he only threw for 53, 54%. He he was never a dominant quarterback at Wyoming. Nothing stood out for me. I don't know how his name even got brought up here, but it just, that's just my agenda. Um, he, he, that's a quarterback that should have never even got drafted in the first round. Uh, what surprised me is how far Lamar Jackson fell. He got picked last, very last, uh, was it 31, 32, uh, Baltimore Ravens traded for him over, uh, uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles pick. They picked him last, very last pick in the draft. So I think this is the wake, wake up call for Joe Flacco and the Baltimore Ravens. Like, Hey, get your things together. Because we got someone that's willing to take over your spot and it's motivated. Because Joe Flacco has been uh, maybe moderately bet, moderately good at best. He hasn't even been really that good since they won their Super Bowl. Ray Lewis's last year, which was back in 2011, 2012, whatever, whatever it was. So, with that being said, Baltimore definitely putting Joe Flacco on notice. Like, hey, you know... <laughs> Like I said, get your shit together, basically. Um, I think uh, Josh Rosen, I don't know what he was doing. Uh, uh, who was it? I believe the Arizona Cardinals picked him. Let me look that up real quick. I'm kind of uh, swing, uh, swinging it right now. Or winging it, I should say. <laughs> uh, let's see. Josh Rosen. Yes, uh, so I was right. The Arizona Cardinals, I don't know why he's... Uh, he, his quote-unquote nine, the, there were nine mistakes made in the NFL draft. He's You can't be coming off that kind of, man, don't be saying that. You're already putting the target on your back. You're you're just a rookie. You have no idea what's going to come out of the NFL. you got to humble yourself real quick. you got to be respectable, and you you got to learn the playbook first, first of all. So I can't be coming off that arrogant. I don't care how good you are. You know what I mean? So... Um, like I said, Josh Allen, terrible pick by the Buffalo Bills, seventh route or seventh pick or sixth pick, whatever it was by the Buffalo Bills. That was a terrible pick. Terrible. That was like, man, that's uh, first round for Buffalo Bills. That is a D that if I was given a grading, terrible, terrible pick, especially with his recent controversy with the tweets. And then I can get it. It would happen years ago. And he just manned up and said, I apologize. I was young. Wasn't right of me, regardless of age. I apologize, but no, he tried to cover it up and just kind of, you know, just like oh, my friends and I would do this and that and tweet out uh, dumb things and take our phones. That's not helping anything, bro. <laughs> do not say arrogant, ignorant, racist shit when it comes to your Twitter account. I don't care how old you are. So that's terrible. He's kind of probably gonna get a nice wake up call from veterans in the Buffalo Bills locker room. 
So who knows? That, like, that was a terrible pick. Terrible pick. I'd be. I would hate to be a Bills fan. I'd be like, why? I love. I was hoping that Pitt had their chance at Lamar Jackson, but they went with Trevon Edmond, safety from Virginia Tech, which is which is big. We didn't. We didn't need a safety. Uh, our passing defense has been, you know, average at best for the past couple of years. Seven, uh, about the past seven years, actually. Uh, hasn't been good since their last Super Bowl run when they lost to Green Bay back in 2011. So, yeah, it just hasn't been the same ever since Troy Palmolo retired, really, re- realistically. So, uh, nice pick. Um, probably anyone, I thought Cleveland's second pick. I thought they should have got Bradley Chubb, a defensive end. That would have been worked perfectly. Him and uh, Javon, Clow- Javon Clowney. But, uh, no, they went and got a, a cornerback, Denzel Ward, I believe, out of Ohio State. If, I'm, if, I, if I remember that, Denzel Ward. Uh, but, yeah, they picked up Denzel Ward out of Ohio State. And I guess, I mean... I don't know how their pass defense. I'm guessing it's not as good because obviously they went 0 16. So, best draft, um, man, I I don't know. It it wasn't Cleveland. I don't know why Detroit Lions picked up a center. I didn't get that pick. I didn't get that at all. I don't know why, but they did. Um, Pittsburgh picked up a. They did pick up a quarterback though. It wasn't Lamar Jackson. They end up picking Mason Rudolph, which is a very solid pick out of Oklahoma State. He just got better year after year there. Uh, they finished about 14th, 15th in the nation this past year in the standings, and he's got a great completion percentage overall in his college career, about 64, 65 percent. And just the the quarterback interception. Interception ratio is just off the charts. It's amazing. I think he went like 20 or maybe like 30 or something. He almost threw for 5,000 yards in senior year. That's how impressive this young man is. So that's going to be cool. Hopefully the uh, successor, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, because I don't see it in Landry Jones or Joshua Dobbs. But, uh, yeah, uh, those are just kind of my, my thoughts when it comes to the NFL draft. But, uh, hey, this is Injured Reserved, and we'll be back very shortly. And welcome back. You are listening to Injured Reserved. So, Game 6, Utah Jazz and Oklahoma City Thunder. And you got to give the young man credit. Donovan Mitchell balled out like he was there before. Debt, like I said before, I'm predicting he wins Rookie of the Year. If this doesn't cement it, I don't know what else will. He put up a hell of a game. And basically, he outplayed <laughs> he outplayed all three of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Quote, unquote, big three. But uh, that's not so much the case. If you think Paul George is a superstar, yet alone a star, you are dead wrong. I'm sorry. If you are a Los Angeles Lakers fan, you can have them. Two for 16 in game six of the Utah Jazz Oklahoma City Thunder. Two for 16. And he gets you five points. Carmelo Anthony. I am sorry. He is one of the most overrated players in NBA history. 
He's got two or three gold medals. That is cool. But when it comes to his playoff resume, how many championships does he have? When's the last time he's made it out the first round of the playoffs? I'll wait because I don't even know. Y'all will have to give me your opinion on that one because I'm not even doing the research. And God knows it's been so long. He's been he's made his living just putting out the stats in New York. His best his best time should have been in Denver Nuggets era when they picked up Allen Iverson still in his prime, but for some ungodly reason they couldn't even make it out or make it big when it comes to playoff time. So with that being said, Russell Westbrook, all you all the people that constantly criticize and over critique Russell Westbrook, man, yes, he shot 18 for 43. 42% from the field. Really not all that great. Decent, but not that great. Uh, 46 points. 46 points. If he, he This man was trying to pass the ball, make plays, this and that. Paul George, Camarlo Anthony, nowhere, excuse me, nowhere to be seen in sight. Just nothing. It's just like, man, like... And everyone's like, oh, he shoots the ball too many times. Because no one else will. No one has that killer instinct, that drive with him. You know, Michael Jordan said it best. He's like, I 30 years ago, that was me. And he said it best. Like he he's he wants to win. He wants to he wants a ring. But when you have a cast that just doesn't have that same mindset as you and you're trying to motivate them, or you know, it just it doesn't help. And Russell Westbrook isn't so much outspoken either. At least we don't think so. I you really don't hear a lot of reports what happens in the locker room, so I, I couldn't give you an avid answer when it comes to that. But uh, all six games when they faced the Utah Jazz, guess how many points Carmelo Anthony had? Guess. Total. He had zero. Zero points in every fourth quarter against the Utah Jazz in this series. And he has the he has the audacity and say, I'm not going to be a role player coming off the bench. I'm sorry, but that just separates the championship mentality when it comes to Carmelo Anthony and guys like Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade was willing to come off the bench. He knows he's not the same player as he used to be. And that's fine. Because guess what? The Miami Heat made a hell of a fight in the playoffs this year. He wants, you know, that's just, it separates a championship mentality to someone that just like, eh, I'm just, I'm just here for the drive, I guess. I, I don't know. So, Carmelo Anthony, no. I, just one of those great players. He's a good player, but what could have been if he was great? Same thing with Dwight Howard. Just a good player, but what could have been if he was great? That's why he never got along with Kobe Bryant when he came to the LA Lakers. They picked him up in the offseason. Same with Steve Nash. They had Paul Gasol, Lamar Odom. You know, they were going to go for that three-peat, but evidently it never worked out. Kobe ended up getting hurt. I can't remember. It, was, it wasn't the meniscus injury. At least I don't think so, but he ended up getting hurt, and that Lakers franchise slowly started to disintegrate. That's why him and Dwight just never got along. That's the, that goes from a championship mentality, that Mambo mentality, that Assassin's mentality of Kobe Bryant compared to Dwight Howard to be like, eh, I'm just here. You know what I mean? And we thought we were going to see a glimpse of that. We thought we were going to see that change when Orlando Magic beat the Cleveland Cavaliers back in 2009 when they faced the LA Lakers. And um, it never happened. Uh, they end up getting swept, I believe, I think. I don't think they even won a game in the NBA Finals that year against Kobe Bryant when he won his fourth championship. So with that being said, it's just, you know, it's sad. It's just, oh, it's one of those players that's like, he's good. He's really good. 
but he's not great. It's like he doesn't care for it enough. Doesn't he doesn't he doesn't want it all. It's just like eh, I'm just here to make a paycheck. That's it, you know. So it's just like man. So I think what's gonna happen. My prediction for the off season is that the Oklahoma City Thunder, they're gonna let Paul George go. You know they haven't resigned him. I think he goes to the L.A. And if like I said, Laker fans, if you're thinking you're expecting a superstar star mentality out of Paul George, good luck because you ain't gonna get it. But I. He's probably going to get a big payday out of y'all. So, But I don't say you should. Don't do it. Do not do it. Because guess what's going to happen? He's going to end up getting you maybe 14, 15 points a game and a low field goal percentage of like 42%. And that's going to be just like on how Ben Gordon was with the Chicago Bulls back in the day. When Derrick Rose arrived in, the, in uh, Chicago about a year or two later, they didn't resign uh, Ben Gordon because uh, the team really uh, revolved around a shooting guard. It wasn't his playing style. They let him go, and it revolved around Derrick Rose, and it worked for a certain amount of time prior to the ACL injury when he won the MVP. It worked. They had a great concept. They had a great roster. What could have been for a possible championship and bring a seventh one to Chicago before Derrick Rose fell out his prime. But not to get too off. Uh, not to get segue too off topic, um, Ben Gordon, like I said, it's gonna be the same situ- same scenario with Paul George. Ben Gordon went to Detroit Pistons. He ended up coming off the bench eventually. He lost minutes, but he got that big payday of like 50, 60 million dollars in Detroit. Same thing's gonna happen to Paul George. He's gonna get maybe 14, 15 points a game, average maybe 40% from the field, and that's all you're gonna get from him. So with that, uh, Lakers. Um, if that's what y'all are eyeing up, hey, <laughs> Thunder's going to be like, all right, sayonara, see ya. As for Kamal Anthony, I'm not sure uh, how much time he's got left in his contract. I don't know how many people are willing to pick up a 15, 16-year vet that just doesn't really have that great of a resume when it comes to do you want to win at all. It, it's just like, cool, you, you did great things when it comes to the offseason and the Olympics. That's cool. That's all fine and dandy, but we want a ring. We want a ring to this organization. Do you want to stay Oklahoma City Thunder? Do you want Do you want to play Russell Westbrook? Can you handle that mentality that he wants to go far and bring this franchise's first championship ring to the to the city of Oklahoma City? Or I don't know how many teams are willing to pick up a 16-year vet. You know, that's probably gonna. He's wait. He's past his prime now. He's probably at best can get you 18 points a game. That's if he even tries. I, I don't know what his mindset is. He wasn't even, even relevant in the series against the Utah Jazz. So everyone that uh, you know criticizes, over critiques Russell Westbrook, don't even start with me because we can, you know, it's just like, aka the Westbrook effect. It's just, man, Westbrook is trying. He's evolving his game. He's trying to get other people involved. He, but... But when you're not trying and shooting or, you know, taking a chance, when Russell Westbrook's trying to make plays, passing the ball here and there, trying to elevate his team to higher standards and bring a championship to that city, you have to be, you have to take the intuition. You have to take the initiative to be like, all right, like I need to be an important role to, to this uh, franchise. Steven Adams, though, I, I, if it was me, I, I just keep Russell Westbrook and Steven Adams. And just unload everyone else and see what you can pick up, maybe in the draft or whoever becomes a free agent uh, this upcoming offseason. But man, it's just, I don't know. It's 
Oklahoma City, I feel for you. Uh, I thought for sure y'all will, you know, at least get past the first round. But evidently, Donovan Mitchell, he, uh, Utah's got a bright future in him. Great young athlete, going to be Rookie of the Year. I, I don't see how he doesn't win Rookie of the Year. But man, it's uh, Utah. They, they're, they won't. I won't say they'll go far, but they'll be somewhat of a uh, modest threat when it comes to the next round of whoever it is that they face. I'm not sure who. I'm not looking at the standings right now or at the playoff bracket, I should say. But man, with that being said, I thank y'all for listening to Injured Reserve Podcast. This is Mitchell Anderson. And uh, y'all have a blessed Sunday.